So one, I've counted, I've got one friend. <laughs> are you sure it's a friend it's, and well, not well, an acquaintance? It's you. <laughs> Again, are you sure it's a friend oh, and not yeah. an acquaintance? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, you're family, so you don't have to count in the friend category, I guess. Exactly. And that's just oh, all. Man. Well, I'm family, family by. By marriage. By proximity. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, by choice, but not a choice either <laughs> one of us made. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Wow. Yes. Oh, that's deep. It is. It is forced together by circumstance. Yes. <laughs> Fighting against the world. <laughs> yes. It's the next Marvel movie. It is. Yeah. Or Hunger Games. One of the, one of the two. Uh-huh. My, oh, my. So, yeah, let's talk about friendships. Or I, I don't have many. I think that's why we're talking about it. Right. That was a common theme in, in a lot of the research I'd been doing is that Gen Xers and Gen X men specifically, because I think just in general, at least in our society, Americans, women have stronger social bonds. But I don't know if this is a Gen X thing or if this is a male thing. Like, like millennials will go through the same thing when they get to their life stage that we are. Do you have any friends? You may have gobs of acquaintances. But do you have any friends? Okay, so let's let's draw some some definitions here. I'm not talking about people you work with that you're buddy buddy with that you go out and have a drink with every now and again after work. Those are not friends, right? Friends are people that you can confide in, that you lean on, that you know really do know the intimacies uh, of all the things that you try to hide from the rest of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm talking actual core friends. Do you have any? I do. Do you know that you do, or do you think that you do? I I know that I do. That's I know good. that I do. I have I have a a ton of acquaintances. So when I think about how you define friends, to your point, to me, it's the longevity of it. Like the, the work being a great example. If I were to change jobs tomorrow, how many of those people would I stay in touch with? Right. Uh, and if I if I moved away from where I am now, I mean, so much of my social life, as as you know, is tied up in the Boy Scouts. And my son has aged out of the Boy Scouts, but I am still very, very much involved on a volunteer le- level with a lot of that. And that's weird. Uh, yeah, no, it's not weird. <laughs> it's not weird. I, I I I truly believe in the things that we are doing for for youth, for boys and for girls now with that program. So I'm a I'm a big big fan of trying to get that in, in front of as many people as possible. Uh, and, and we'll definitely get into that more at some point. But I, that is where my friends come from. And for example, this week in the evenings, I have a meeting tomorrow night and Tuesday night. Uh, this afternoon, I'm going to an Eagle Scout Court of Honor where, where a, a young man is going to be given the Eagle Scout Award. Um, so I'm involved in a ton of this stuff. Is that a but euphemism? I, no, he's going to be okay. given his patch okay. for the okay. Eagle Scout. All right, I'm just he's checking. <laughs> I, I don't even understand. <laughs> um, but my my point being that I know tons of people through that program. There are a, a core handful of them that yes, I would consider my friends that I will that I will call or text with good news or bad that I uh, uh, you know make plans to see on a regular basis, that kind of thing. Dr. Google, who will be featured prominently in this uh, mm. podcast, according to socialself.com, 
which is just the first thing that popped up when I typed in acquaintance versus friend. It says, an acquaintance is a person you know, but who is not a close friend. Uh, footnote number two. <laughs> so we have to define close friend, which is coming up. It's a person you run into in the hallway or feel comfortable meeting in a group setting, but not usually, but usually not by yourself. So that's an acquaintance. Okay. Somebody that I would, I was at the bar the other day and somebody would, that I, that I've seen there dozens and dozens of times. Right. But I've never seen anywhere else. And I know this person enough to sit down and talk to them in kind of that social setting, but not something that, that I, I don't know much about that person. Right. I, there's sure. like no emotional attachment. I would consider that an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. I, I buy that. This next one is a casual friend. So a casual friend is a person you are more emotionally attached to. You feel comfortable meeting with this person one-on-one. Now, I didn't consider this person I saw in the bar a casual friend because I don't really know that much about their personal life, right? There's not that emotional or intimacy at all. It's just we happen to like the same brewery, we go to the same bar, and we have casual conversation, right? I don't see them as a casual friend. I have other casual friends. A close friend is a person you spend time with regularly and can depend on. You feel comfortable reaching out to this person at any time. That's a close friend. Okay. And then an intimate friend is someone you can share anything with, which I'm not sure how an intimate friend versus a close friend is different. Yeah, maybe there's a, there's a safety zone there that doesn't exist on, on the others. And I think I can give you an example of that, actually. Okay, that you give me an example. Okay. I, well, I mean, not an actual named example, but I, I have close friends that I enjoy being with and hanging out with, and we tell stories and we laugh and all that. But I don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing my fears and and you know close personal issues with, predominantly for for fear or concern that they're not going to see it the same way. I my intimate friends, I reserve for I'll say validation, like when I want them to agree with me or at the very least support my decision making. Ooh, I'm definitely not on that list. Oh, sure you are. <laughs> I don't support anything, any decisions you make. <laughs> yeah, but we can tell each other to fuck off pretty easily. Oh, that this kind of is, stuff. That, that, that's true. That's no, true. I've, yeah. I mean, I've got some very good, I, I, I'm thinking of a couple people in particular, but I've got a, some very good friends where I kind of don't want to hear it if they don't agree with me and they will actually not fight me on decisions, but, well, you know, you could have done this, or, you know, you should have done this, or, you know, I had done this. It's like, you know what, I, that's, I don't need that in an intimate friend relationship. I need, I need... I know support and validation sounds like I want a yes man, but sometimes that's what you need. You, you need someone to unconditionally support what you've done, not second guess what you've done. And, I, and to me, that's that line. Right. Got it. That's a good one. That's a good one. This thing goes on to say, this article goes on to say, it's like consider one study found that the difference between friends and acquaintances is that we reveal much more of ourselves to a friend than an acquaintance and we try harder to impress acquaintances than friends. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Huh. I, li- I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. So it's like this person. So it's like it's like your actual friends know too much about you to know that you are full of shit. If you're trying to be somebody <laughs> you're not, an acquaintance doesn't. <laughs> well, and, you, and you tell your, acqu- your acquaintances like the best stories you have. You know, those introductory stories. And you notice how they always get a little bit more impressive each time you tell them. <laughs> 
Oh, that's true. Yep. So yeah, well, as our friend Dan says, you know, the truth never gets in the way of a good story. But so. Quite true. Yeah. Quite true. But I, and you know, let's think about Facebook. That's, these are all acquaintances on Facebook. You put out your, your best you there and you know, you only, you only post the stuff that's amazing and wonderful or, or really, really shitty when you're looking for some, some, you know, pats on the head. But I, I believe that, that the, the acquaintances you, maybe you're, are you looking for close friends or you're looking to be someone that they look at and go, I'd like that person to be a close friend because they're cool based on the limited evidence I have in front of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to achieve something. Yeah, like, look, all of your knowledge and experience in, in certain areas, you you look like a fantastic, you know, a, a close friend to your acquaintances. And then they get to know you. And then they're just like, <laughs> they yeah. ghost me. Just, just, yeah. And that's, this is why I have no friends. Yeah, it's like, is, is, is this person worth it? Or should I just keep them as an acquaintance? Because then I get the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I and I and I joke, you know, saying I don't have any friends. I do. I have mm-hmm. I have a handful of intimate friends that I have grown to rely on, and I'm very thankful for. I have close friends. Actually, interestingly enough, my close friends in, in these in in this vernacular that we just talked about are like people from college. Yeah, that I'm still like a day hasn't passed when I talk to them, and I haven't talked to them in eight years. Mm-hmm. kind of thing and we have this we still have an emotional connection to one another because of that shared experience that was so f- formative for our adult lives uh that i think they'll always be close friends um they're certainly not a casual friend they're they're probably a close friend and and i would even take that to some of my friends that i was that i have from high school that i'm still very close friends with which is bizarre because i graduated in 1991 mm-hmm. and we are still close friends it's one of those scenarios where I may not hear from one, and there's not a whole bunch of them. Not granted, if you listen to the interrupt, so do you realize I went to a, I had a class of sixty five, but I've got a half a dozen close friends that will text me, you know, once a quarter. Sure. I mean, from and these are people that I knew from thirty some years ago, and spent my entire childhood with because I went to a very small school in a very small town. So those people I would put in that close friend category. I, I agree. I agree. And so I've, I've got an interesting example of that from very recently. Um, I've, I've got a core group of kids, of kids, we're all, we're all old, um, mm-hmm. that I grew up with from high school that I've known since, you know, we were six, seven, eight years old. One of them lives half an hour from me and we still only see each other like once every six months because we're mm-hmm. life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know? And yeah. we have our sort of adult friends now. We saw each other recently, and the reason we got together is I got a call from one of the other ones that a th- a th- another one <laughs> – I'm making this confusing. One of my – one of my what I would still call my close friends who I only talk to probably once every six months had a heart attack about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that very quickly made the rounds on, you know, texting, hey, you know, Michael's in the hospital, Michael's in the hospital. And that was – even though I hadn't talked to him in half a year – it's oh my god! Like the the thought of him not being there is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think about him every single day. Yeah, but is it terrifying because of your potential loss, or terrifying because of your mutual connection is being a part of the same cohort, and you are picturing yourself in that position? Uh, it, both of those things, and that's a whole topic. <laughs> <laughs> More mort- mortality and and 
and oh, your surroundings are an entire I'm, topic. I'm adding it to the list. I, right or, I already did. Oh, did you? Oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay. But yeah, so so yes, there are a lot a lot of things came up when that all happened. But of course, you know, w- w- one of the results there was the guy who does live half hour away. I was the one to call him. We started up a phone chain immediately. And right. and then he said, "Okay, we're not getting off this call until we make a date to get together." And that date happened to be the very next day. <laughs> well, there you go. So, and and those are close friends. Um mm-hmm. and they're close, but they're still people I don't talk to every day, but I still consider them much more than casual. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to get together with some of those, you know, three or four of those high school friends to to all converge on Chicago this summer. Because this will all have been, you will all have turned 50. Ah. And I'm like, let's spend a long weekend in Chicago together. I mean, we don't do class reunions. We don't do any of that stuff because, frankly, most of those people uh, that go to the class reunions are still douchebags and dipshits and I wouldn't <laughs> want to spend any time with them uh-huh. um, except for this handful of people and I'm like why do I need to wait for a reunion let's just go someplace fun mm-hmm. uh, and and have it out so I'm going to try and schedule that it's interesting that that you talked about the proximity thing because I would say my intimate friends I, I mean, aside from you don't live in the country wow one of them one of them lives in the Netherlands and the other one and her husband the pair of them together are currently in Indonesia, but they <laughs> it changes like every four years because depending on where they're stationed. Right. Hmm. And often, t- and, and I have other friends too that are, that are outside the country and I would, I would put them in the, in the close friend category. So when I say things like, man, I don't have any friends. And what it means is I don't have any friends around here. Yep. In this case, these people are half a world away and literally, but via signal, we're chatting all the time, like daily with each other and that's it's, it's weird it, it i mean is, it's it's cool but it's it's weird it's a huge change from less than a generation ago that we're able to have those conversations and that i mean do you remember as a teenager like get the hell off the phone because <laughs> oh totally and, and now that's not a th- my, we had a second phone line for my sister and i because it was just it just became unbearable well for you, us were to take west, phone line. we you were yeah. westchester rich so yes, I mean, yes we okay were. yeah absolutely yeah, that, i had a freaking party line that, so that doubled as the it doubled as the modem line so oh. You know. <laughs> oh the startup modem startup maybe that should be the lead in music to this to this podcast that actually that actually would be very telling yeah i could see that that in the for some reason the the deaf sound of pac-man just feels like the right sound mm. i don't know mm. um <laughs> but yeah the the fact that we have that ability to just and the whole thing with my my friend and his heart attack i mean we're everyone's texting and we're texting him and it's so much easier and if you're going to have intimate friends where maybe you share some things that are hard to share, that's easier to do in a text message sometimes than via voice. So I think it opens you up to being able, of course, then you're putting something out there that's permanent and accessible, which is a little scary too. I mean, I'm not one of those people myself that thinks I'm going to say this thing verbally, but I would never write it. Yeah. Because if you're in one of those positions, you either work for the CIA or you shouldn't be opening your damn yap. So it's like, some things you can keep to your own confidence. <laughs> I, I just added hiding behind the internet to our topic list. <laughs> mm, nice. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is a really interesting scenario to have that 
be the case. And so as new listeners to the podcast will come to know over uh, the episodes, I struggle with significant mental health issues and I have my entire life. And it's only in my not too distant adulthood that all of these things have become diagnosed. And one of them is uh, pretty significant ADHD. One of the things I struggle with is, and you'll hear it in my cadence and the, the, the timbre of my voice, is that I have all these weird, awkward pauses and stuff, long pauses. I call it the Shatner pause. And uh, it's but, because my, my brain is, is working at a different speed than my mouth is. And so I find it much easier and less stressful to write, to type, to text, because it slows down my thought process than if I'm talking to somebody. So I'm, I'm fine with, with texting back and forth. And I talk to these people too re re relatively frequently, you know, over, over the, uh, the interweb, but most of it is, is via messaging. I have to say that that feels, I get, I feel the same connection to them in doing that, like in, in that medium than as I would like sitting and talking with them. Hmm. Give me another example. So just came back from Hawaii and we were meeting our friends uh, who were coming over from Indonesia. Definitely our intimate friends. Known them for 20 something years. And it was fantastic to physically be with them, to embrace them, to enjoy meals and drinks together and just, you know, hang out. They're 50, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But as I'm exchanging texts with them while they are stationed wherever, Africa or Indonesia or, I don't know, Antarctica, I still have, I still feel that same connection. It doesn't feel ingenuine. Sure. It feels like that might be the case where people are like, oh, but, you know, all you do is text back and forth with your friends. Are they really your friends? Well, yeah. Does the, does the mode of communication really matter? It's like the, it, it's it like shouldn't. The, the context and the content of what you're sharing mm -hmm. is what matters. Sometimes it's super deep, right? And and you're you're laying yourself open to talk about something that you really need their perspective on. And other times it's like you awake. <laughs> <laughs> right, what are you What are you doing? Yeah, I don't want to be awake alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I I absolutely agree with that. And the technology has given us that ability to stay close with people and to be able to have those connections and do them in a, in a written way. Uh, I have no problem with that. I have a need and I live in a house full of introverts. I struggle with whether or not my daughter or I is the larger introvert. She's more of a, of a hills and valleys kind of person where mm -hmm. she, she is a stage performer and all that. But when she crashes from too much people, uh, she crashes hard. She she was on a two-day trip with the high school the last two days, sharing a hotel room on buses, and she got off the bus and got into the car with me, and I'm like, hey, how was the trip? And she goes, could we just be quiet and like not talk for 10? And once we got home after a car ride of silence, she was a whole new person. Yeah. And, and I get the, the recharge thing because I have it too. I have a need to go out and do things here and there, and you, you'll hear me talk about going to trivia night with my friends. Mm -hmm. I'm also a physical person. I grew up in a hugging family. Like I hug my friends. I know like you jump away from that. <laughs> and so, and so do all the, you know, the, the rest of our married into family. Like they're, they're not touchy people. I, I think it's just you. I jump away from you. Oh, <laughs> cause it's weird. <laughs> Especially you start rubbing my back like that. I don't, I, mm. mm -mm, mm -mm. 
I, okay. I, did, I didn't know the back rubs were a problem. I thought oh. that was a, I thought that was a shared experience we went for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. But but I do. Uh, I find that, and, and my wife is great about it because I will. You know, she knows that I need to go out and be with people. Yeah. But that I also need my quiet time. There are times when I've spent the whole day at home alone working, and then my whole family comes home at once from school and work, and I'm like, I'm ready for bed because I was really enjoying the peace and quiet, and now you're all here, and my, <laughs> my peace and quiet is gone. <laughs> yep, yep. That, that's interesting. I can appreciate that. Also, married to an introvert, I am also... I lean both directions. So I'm more extroverted than certainly my wife and most of her family, but I still get my, my social and emotional intelligence tank gets depleted very, very quickly. And the rate of depletion is highly correlated with the number of people that I'm around mm -hmm. and how much energy is there. Attribute a lot of that to my ADHD, very common for, for people like me to experience that. Uh, so I have to be careful and I do need that downtime. I need that recharge times. Everybody, everybody has it. Right. But for me, it'll get to the point where I will start to physically panic, like flee the scene. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about like, you know, your daughter going full bore and then all of a sudden just crashes. And it's like, you know, hide under a blanket with a bottle of amaretto. That's, that's what sometimes what it feels like. But for me, as it relates to friends, kind of went down a tangent there. But as it relates to <laughs> as it relates to friends, I just wonder if okay. So we're childless by choice, our my family, and we watched as our graduate school college friends started to have kids, mm -hmm. and there was a very what I would call an intimate friendship we had with a couple uh, that we had met in graduate school. And it was, a, we would spend half of the week together, like in the evenings and all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday, we were always together. And then they had kids and I haven't seen them in 15 years. Wow. Yeah. We used to go on vacation together. We were definitely intimate friends. This thing happens where they have kids and I lose my friends and it's happened every single time. And the only people now that when I think about it, like, who are my friends? Like we're, th I was thinking like, who would I have on this podcast to talk? Oh, I have that person and that person, and that person, and none of them have kids. Well, well you, I mean, there's definitely a, a life experience path there that diverged. Uh, and it's a huge, it's a huge branch in the path. We even told ourselves, we're like, it's fine. We're going to be part of your lives. You know, we want to be, nope. It just collapsed because mm -hmm. there's no connection anymore. Their point of their lives completely changed. Yep. Ours did not. Mm -hmm. And we look at them and we look at what they're going through. And my wife and I are looking at each other and we both have like this grimace on our face. Like, why would you intentionally do that to yourself? <laughs> what in the hell is wrong with you? That's a whole nother episode. Uh, but, but, but I think that's, that's where really we had a lot of quote friends. I would call them close friends, casual friends in graduate school when we first moved to Madison, which is where I'm from, if you didn't know. All of that changed when they either left the country right? Because they were here as graduate students and not from this country or they had kids. And that's where the separation happened. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what's going to happen once they're no longer primary caregivers and their kids are out of the house. Oh, do you think they would come back around? Potentially. Maybe. I, you know, I saw it with my parents, not, not that they had a bunch of childless friends, but growing up as a kid, they, my parents never went anywhere with their quote friends. I didn't even think they had friends. <laughs> I'm like, I have 
friend, like all my friends, you know, kids growing up together and their parents knew my parents, right? But they never like went out together or did anything. And so I'm like, what the hell? And then as soon as I didn't understand it, and as soon as like all the kids are out of the house, mom and dad start doing stuff with their quote friends again. And now pretty soon their social calendar is so damn full, I don't even know where they are anymore. Unless <laughs> 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 it was several years ago anyway. But uh, but I just wonder if that's if that's what I'm destined for, that these people that we had this intimate friendship with pre-children will change once it's post-children and we can connect with them again. That That's an interesting question. Wow. I had never really thought about that as one with, you know, the children and, and facing very shortly the empty nester thing. Hmm. I... I don't know. Um, I, my my little group of friends from high school with the one who, who had the heart attack, the one who reached out to tell me is the one person in our group who, who does not have any, any kids. Mm-hmm. And we're still all close, but there's no question that when we do all get together, which we try to do every couple of years if we can, you know, we go down the kid path and you can tell he's like, are we? Can we move on from this conversation? Because I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's not like he's dropped out of the circle by any means. Mm-hmm. That that's interesting. I don't know. I'm, I, as a parent, I'm going to say it's not like when the kids leave that branch just evaporates because all of my life experiences, even going forward, are still going to be colored by the children. Right. And their accomplishments and and whatnot are still going to be part of that conversation because so much of how I'm defined goes through them. And and that's a whole other topic right there. Well, yeah, you're going to have to at some point find yourself again because yes. your life, your wife's life, adult life has been focused on your children and raising them and keeping them alive. So when you finally kick them out of the nest, what's left? Right. Who are you? Right. Who Who... There's a series of topics on that. Yes. <laughs> but but I'm thinking, is that is that the catalyst that drives these former intimate and close friends back together again later in life? Is because of that now shared experience. Maybe. 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 That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way. And and maybe because as an adult with kids, most of my recent friendships are born out of meeting them through kids activities. So right. my my friends that are childless with a couple of with just very few exceptions, my friends that are childless are ones I knew before I had kids. Right, because that's where my friends have all come from. Right, exactly. Which makes sense. You find you find your friends where you are. Mhm. Oh, that didn't speak well for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think one thing to take away from this that you know you said at the very beginning is that you know when you first started thinking about this you're like I have no friends and then you realize well I do have friends. Mm-hmm. I would hazard to guess that anyone listening to this who thinks they don't have friends y- you do. You just have a an idealized vision in your mind. I mean I so my grandfather used to uh who's long gone. He used to every Monday meet a good friend of his for breakfast. And I have always had in my head that my ideal world is a world like that where, you know, I, I have these set engagements with people that they view as important as I do, like seeing these folks. And I have that with my, my trivia nights out to some degree where I have mm-hmm. my, my, my appointment to be friendly. 
right, <laughs> it's right. on my calendar to be friendly. Th- that to me is the the way I looked at it years ago is the definition of, of success of friendships. Like I have people who look forward to hanging out with me. Mm-hmm. And I and I look forward to hanging out with them too. <laughs> you know, right, right. I'll take anyone who wants to hang out with me, I'll take it, whether <laughs> I like you or not. I just need to check that damn box. Greg has his shirt says open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please hang out with me. <laughs> But I, for some reason, as, as a kid, I remember seeing that and going, wow, I can't wait till I'm old enough that, like, I can just have, you know, a- appointments and don't have to ask my parents for a ride to go see my friend. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then pretty soon you find yourself, you don't have time for, quote, friends. Yes, yes. And I'm looking forward to to that phase, and maybe part of it is getting the kids out of the house, uh-huh. to to having those things where like, hey, you know, our, our Wednesday recurring breakfast, that for some reason that has always been on my radar as the, the definition of I've made it through the, um, you know, I, I've made it to the other end. <laughs> I well, now have the ability to hang. That's, I mean, the the coffee clutch is notorious, and it's, what do you mean Wednesday? It's every day. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was... Uh, working long story we're not going to go there uh i did a lot of work from a coffee coffee shop for a long time and made a great friend there uh casual to close friend who's the owner i was there right when she opened it and i worked there on and off for a couple of years and the people that i would see come in at the same time every day right it's those same groups and they'd all sit down they'd all have their cup of coffee they chitter chat blah 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 blah. they get up and they go away i think those were casual friends Right. You know more about them than probably the general person on the street, but you're not probably having deep conversations with them one on one outside of that. And that's what sort of what I see is that that coffee clutch thing in retirement where like me, my dad, it was like every morning, Bob Evans. Right. They go in there, they'd have their their cup of coffee and whatever and probably piss the hell out of their serving staff because they never ordered any food. They sit there for two hours and just drink coffee. But that's what they do. Hmm. Sounds nice. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. The, the, my neighbor, who's a retired machinist, every you know, his entire career he worked third shift, so it's like he has really strange hours. And every day at the same time, doesn't matter if it's a weekend or not, the same car drives up the road, and we live on a dead end road. It drives into his his driveway, picks him up, and they go out. And you know, an hour and a half later, comes back, drops him off, and then that car leaves. <laughs> And that's that's like his social engagement. So for as much as we think that we are or want to think that we're these crotchety, curmudgeony cave dwellers, we need we humans are social creatures. Sure. And even my, you know, highly introverted spouse found her limit, both with COVID and some some physical issues that she had had that prevented her from getting out, even in a in a work and career setting, seeing these people that she's been working with for the past 20 years. She was like excited to do it mm-hmm. because it's like, wow, I found my limit. I need to engage with other people. It's just that for her, that tank of energy that she has to engage with other people is really, really tiny. <laughs> that doesn't mean she doesn't have friends. It just means how she engages with them is different. So it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. And finding those friends who understand that and are willing to, to have that balance can be hard. My, my daughter has a couple of friends who are just, just nuts. And they're 16-year-old girls, so that's by definition. But right. she she knew going into this couple of days away that, 
oh, there are just, there are doses that she can take. And she said on the way home on the bus, on the three-hour bus ride, she was sitting next to one, uh, another friend who's similar to her, and they both kind of silently agreed, let's not talk for a good hour. And she said there was a group in the back that were singing, <laughs> and there's like all this stuff going on. But she's the two of them just kind of sat in silence, and she said it was wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you need people who understand that about you. Right, and that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right, it's okay to be in silence. Yeah, uh, and maybe that's the whole point of this topic of you know making friends as an adult and having friends doesn't mean you are going out and getting wasted all the time or or, or or stuff like that. You you don't have to be the center of the party to have friends that satisfy your your needs. You know, I think we all yeah. do have those people in our lives, we, we just have to recognize that they're there. Please hang out.